Outside Cincinnati, deep in the woods, there was a coaster they said was no good. The biggest wooden ride from west to east. The only father's son, the son of beast. It stood 200 feet and did a loop. It was so damn scary. It might make you poop But in 2006 The wood wasn't strong Like a two-hour boner It hurt your dong Although the beast is boring Not to spawn But in 2007 His loop is gone The sun was neutered And the new train sucked So in 2009, the ride was fucked He died with a horrible thud as he was euthanized And on that very day, one enthusiast cried Now he's gone forever, but his story lives on As proven right now, in this very song Son of Beast. Oh, Son of Beast. Son of Beast. Welcome to the worst roller coaster podcast on the internet. Now, Let's join Ben and Zach as they tell you why your favorite coaster sucks. What's up? It's Zach, and I fingered a girl on the Lost Coaster of Superstition Mountain. Hey, it's Ben. I was kicked out of Mega Park for filming a POV. <laughs> Sounds like a good story. Yeah, just uh, play dumb and pretend you don't uh, speak French. Isn't that just pretty much uh, par for the course when you go to French Canada? Yeah, the funny thing is they know they know French or they know English. They just pretend they don't know English. Of course, leave it to people that aren't actually French. Just speak French. Yeah, they're pretentious assholes. <laughs> I'll drink to that. So, what are you uh, what are you drinking on tonight? It's a uh, I have an Elysian IPA, which is a uh, it's local. That's right, it's local to Seattle. It's okay. Ooh. Fancy IPA, local. Okay. I I got a Schlitz over here. It's a good one. It's good for like a. It's good for like a high school high school party. <laughs> That's every day of my life, pretty much. So, uh, let's talk about the news. Six Flags over Six Flags over Texas, Pandemonium, which is their Gerslauer roller coaster or Gerslauer spinning coaster, um, has valid. Um, it's. I didn't know it was possible for these to do this, but it'd be kind of funny if you were spinning like crazy and you were just valleying and spinning for like 45 minutes or however long it takes for those things to stop. Dude, that would suck. I wonder what the people in that car got for being stuck for so long. They probably got like a free soda. That would be pretty uh, on brand for Six Flags. And probably not even, probably wasn't a voucher. It was just like a cup that they handed to them. They didn't even have a choice of them of the soda here's a three-day-old sprite that we forgot that we had <laughs> of course yep six flags the only place where you can see a modified spinning wild mouse valley all right so universal announced some new details about super nintendo world at universal japan um, it's gonna have two rides when it opens it's gonna be the super mario kart which is basically just a big arcade version of super mario kart and Yoshi's Adventure. Don't really know what that's going to be. Um, I remember they had filed these patents for like a Donkey Kong Country roller coaster that could like jump the tracks. And I used air quotes for jump the tracks because it didn't really jump the tracks. It had a separate car a couple feet underneath the car that you ride in. Oh, okay. I suppose that would work too, even if they have one of those vertical um, lifting platforms. Or, you know, like the free fall drop track that they have on 13. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, especially if you were in one of those like 
elevated cars, like a mixture of a couple elements like that would be really neat. Yeah, so, you know. Nice. Hopefully, these rides are pretty cool. We'll find out when it opens, I'm sure. So, SeaWorld Entertainment's CEO has resigned. And so, I wonder how, if that has anything to do with the Impossible Burger being added to the menu. Yeah, it's two SeaWorld stories here. The CEO resigned and they added the Impossible Burger. Could there be a relation? Possibly. Maybe he was very anti-vegan or something. Yeah, like he's one of those like Trump supporters who just hates everything about millennials and PC culture and veganism. Yeah, he's like, eat some meat, you snowflakes. That's a conspiracy theory right there. <laughs> he wants to turn he wants to add a sushi restaurant to the park. Oh <laughs> you love Shamu in the show. <laughs> now enjoy him on your dinner plate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was just like a really petty. It was like a really petty argument in like in a boardroom one day, where one person wanted the Impossible Burger, and then the other he's like, "No, we got to do sushi," and he's like, "Yeah, fuck this, I'm gone. I'm out of this bitch. Have your goddamn Impossible Burger." You snowflake. (laughs) Oh man, so uh, a large fight broke out at Carowinds. I'm surprised it's news because it seems like that would happen there all the time. Yeah, it's not super surprising. Uh, It seems a little more like a Six Flags America type of thing, but... When they call the police, though, is it North Carolina or South Carolina? Like, what if the fight breaks out on the North Carolina side, but the South Carolina state trooper shows up? Are they out of their jurisdiction? Yeah, it's like, sorry, can't do anything until the North Carolina guys get here. Here, move, move, like... This way, 10 feet. But if this fight, like, spills over into the other state, then the sheriff comes in with a nightstick and starts just beating everyone. Well, yeah, that's the thing, because one, one state's, like, kind of racist and backward, and the other one is a little more progressive. I'm going to guess that's very little. Very little progressive. Yeah, it's like one, it's like one blue dot in North Carolina. <laughs> so SeaWorld, also another SeaWorld story, the, they have layoffs on the horizon, they spent their payroll budget on roller coasters. Well, I mean, I guess that's a good thing. Unless the payroll that they cut were like roller coaster engineers or maintenance teams or something. So at least you get the shiny new roller coaster, but you have no one to operate it. Right. Apparently it was a call center. I'm like, SeaWorld has a fucking call center? <laughs> like. Yeah, it's probably moms who didn't know how to use the computer and they printed off the wrong tickets for the wrong day or something. It's like, this says SeaWorld San Antonio, but I'm going to San Diego. It, like, just like the mom in the van with the screaming kids asking to speak to a manager five times. That's probably what that was. Can I speak with your supervisor? Yeah, sure. One second. This is the supervisor speaking. So um, Universal is building that new park in Orlando, the Epic Universe. And they're as as Orlando public works employees are coming in to, you know, install infrastructure, they're making them sign non-disclosure agreements. I mean, it seems like that's kind of normal for Disney. All those Disney parks are or all those like big resort parks are super paranoid with their stuff leaking. And yet it still gets leaked anyway. On Facebook, like. A month before the official announcement. Yeah, it's weird. It's just like, well, A, there's there's the whole issue of like, can you have a public servant sign a non-disclosure agreement like that? That, I guess that's really the main issue is like, because I think whatever they do can come out with um, FOIA requests, you know? I mean, it seems overkill regardless. I don't really know much about the law. I mean, I don't really either, but I know that I've had to use that Freedom of Information Act request to get some documents before. So I'm sure whatever they see is going to end up in there anyway. Whatever Universal's trying to prevent them from talking about. It'll show up on Screenscape. Anyway, yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it will. All right. Was there anything else? Yes. I saved that best one for last all years. Go ahead. All right, two two thieves stole an inflatable water slide from a water park. 
I don't know why you would do this, and if you did steal it, you probably don't have like the you know the technical resources to operate it unless you're selling that on the black market. But I don't know like what the black market value of an inflatable water slide is, and it seems like that it seems like that'd be a, like a little obvious. You know what I mean? Like, what do you exactly? What, what can you really do with that? You could start like a a kids party business underground on the black market. Like, just go on Craigslist, like water slide for rent. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. I guess you got to bolt down even in an inflatable water slide at this point. They'd be out here stealing shit. You know what I'm saying? Could sell it to a a factory that makes inflatable dolls. <laughs> But they would just be they would just be like avatar versions because the because the material would be all colorful. All right, that was the news for the week. Now it's uh, time for my favorite segment, maybe yours too, the killer coaster of the week. This week's killer coaster is Raptor at Cedar Point. So uh, when was the last time you rode this ride, Ben? So I rode Raptor last year. Um, it's it's a good ride. It, you know, it used to be one of my least favorite inverts, and after riding a lot of the new ones, it's still now it's one of my favorites. The only thing I don't like about this ride is that it's full of bird shit. It's like the top half of the track is just covered in bird shit constantly, and they don't ever uh, they don't ever clean it. I got to imagine that if they did clean it, birds would just shit on it again immediately. Right. Raptor has taken many birds' lives, too. So there was a story about a seagull getting into the way of the track and it getting flung all the way to... Um, so there's a... I don't, I don't... It's not Planet Snoopy. I guess it is Planet Snoopy. Whatever the kitty section is um, in front of the park operations office... I guess like a train collided with a pigeon or not a pigeon, a seagull, and it flew like all the way to the kid section. <laughs> and there's just this bloody seagull on the midway. I'm on like a busy day too. Actually, kind of funny to see. Also, in Ohio, did you know that there's it's like a $500 fine to kill a seagull, or at least I thought it was back in 2010. But the funny thing is that the fine doubled if it was intentional. So it's $500 if it was an accident and then like $1,000 if it was intentional. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, Raptor's, Raptor's a good ride, though. I mean, there's better inverts out there. But like, well, that one, the one, the ending. I don't understand the ending. Um, what surprises me is how that very last transition into the break run is so bad. But yet, I don't remember it being like that earlier. So I wonder if that just got rough. Like, I, I wonder how B and M's actually get rough. I mean, because like, remember Iron Wolf? Apparently, it was pretty smooth in the '90s, and it got bad. Um, you know, towards the end of its life. And Raptor is kind of going through the same thing. So, but it always kind of surprises me how B&Ms can get rougher over time if it's a track thing or a train thing. Well, I got to wonder, is it possible that somewhere even the slightest gap happens between the rails and the wheels? Yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that's part of it too. Because like, if even if there's just like a, very minimal gap that's enough to cause roughness once you hit you know a higher speed yeah yeah i think what it is is like the it's more of like the movement of the train throwing the rider versus like bad track well like but it's it, but it's still surprising because b&m track is pretty like girthy that shit's pretty solid compared to um any other track design like Intamin track is basically like Pinfari track. Uh, I guess that's not true. Hold on a second. You just described B and M track as fucking girthy. Yeah, girthy is a good word. B and M track is girthy as fuck. 
It's full of sand. Leviathan is a sand coaster. <laughs> oh, you know what? That's something I want to talk about while we're on this episode right quick. Yeah. I'm calling out Drew the Intern from the In The Loop podcast. Him and I got into a tiny little skiff on Twitter about whether RMC Topper Track is wood or steel. Now, he's adamant. He says it's one or the other, and it's wood. I think we are in consensus here. It's not that clear cut. No. Um, You know, and it's the way that I look at it, too. It's like it doesn't really require that much of an argument, but it is fun to get into these arguments because fanboys get all defensive but I mean, yeah, Topper Track just uses way too much steel for it to be a traditional wooden coaster. Like you can't compare. They're not comparable. And it's like if you can't, the way I look at it, it's like if you can't compare the hundreds of wooden coasters there are in the world to Topper Track, then it should just slide. If it's going to have to slide into one or two of the positions, it should just slide into the steel coaster category. Um, you know, I... I agree completely. If it has to be one or the other, then it's closer to a steel than a wood. Right. And I like to use the analogy of, you know, you could bang a couple two, you know, a few stacks of two by fours in some arrow track and call it a wooden coaster. And that's basically what RMC track is. Yeah. So our, our opinion here at your favorite coaster sucks is that topper track is in fact hybrid. And if it has to be one of two categories, it's a steel coaster. But Drew, the intern from the In The Loop podcast, please come on on our show. Let's have this debate friendly, but informed. And uh, maybe we won't reach a conclusion, but let's let's have the debate in a more nuanced way. Um, By that, I mean a podcast where we all drink. So had to get that out there. And maybe we can have a guest, you know, a guest too, who has like a one or who's one or two semesters into their basic engineering program because they tend to know a lot about roller coasters. So fuck it. Let's, let's just email RMC and see if Alan Schilke will comment <laughs> and see if it'll take a shit on a rail again. <laughs> oh fuck. All right. So it's time for the Disney minute. The Disney minute. Come to this happy place. Welcome. Disneyland is your land. Gonna go get our tickets and head to Disneyland. We're back at the happiest place on earth. Disneyland. Welcome everyone. I'm here today at Disneyland. Today we are gonna talk about things we wish we'd known before we went to Disney World. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Thank you. Walt Disney World is cutting a bunch of entertainment options in the parks. Bye-bye, Muppets. A bridge opened connecting Disneyland Resort to downtown Disney. The Disney Minute. All right, Disney Minute. So, we got some fucking trip reports for y'all. I'm going to let you take it away first, Ben, because you got the big exciting one. So yeah, um, so this past weekend I went to Munich, Germany to attend Oktoberfest and I got a few carnival coasters uh, with the main one being, (laughs) I can't even say it, Olympia Looping. I sound like, uh, I definitely sound like a kid when I try to say it. I get caught up on the oop. Like when I was saying that Olympia, remember the last show was like Olympia, Olympia Looping. God, I cannot fucking say that name. Anyway, um, so yeah, I got my looping Schwarzkopf looping coaster credit. Um, it definitely was a great ride. I felt pretty, as much as you can say accomplished by riding a roller coaster, um, it was just a really cool experience. And I got to witness it running at a, at a high capacity and that line moved super quick. Um, 
and Oktoberfest was just a blast. So one day, I think I had a total of like 13 beers. And then another day I had, or not such a first day I had nine liters. And then the second day I had 13 liters of beer. Um, Jesus fucking Christ. That makes me want to go grab a beer. Hold on one sec. I'm going to grab a beer. All right. Yeah. So, um, also got, bought a pair of lederhosen and some other German clothing fit in. So on, uh, on Sunday in one of the beer tents, it was, it was basically gay day. It was gay day at Oktoberfest. So it was basically just, uh, hundreds, actually thousands of German men, gay, wearing lederhosen, getting drunk. Um, it was by far the like most gropey, cruisy events I've ever been to. So you go into the bath, the bathrooms are just troughs, you know, they're just giant troughs. So you got these dudes that are like, and the later hose and it's just like a f- giant flap that covers your, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a trough. Where would you take a shit? There's other bathrooms you can take a shit, but you know what I mean? So there's like a couple of water closets, but then there's the, cause if they think about it, like, when you're drinking that much beer and everyone else is drinking that much beer, you basically have like the high capacity pissing troughs. And then there's just a handful of uh, like water closets for toilets. <laughs> Fucking piss troughs are horrible. Yeah. But like when you're drunk, you don't give a shit. I mean, and the funny thing is like with later like it's just a flap that covers your dick. So you got like, you're basically staring at, 10 different people also pissing and you're just staring at their face and their dick. Like you're looking at them in the eye, basically, and you're having a conversation as you're both pissing under the trough. Um, and so now couple of this with the fact that it was a gay event. And so like there were at one point um, I looked to my right and there were like nine dudes jerking each other off. Jesus. Like in, by like pissing in the trough and, uh, Everyone was, everyone was like groping each other and it was fucking surreal. Um, it was by far like the craziest gay thing I've ever done. Um, it was a blast. It was a blast. Made out with tons of guys, (laughs) like a lot. (laughs) Um, but yeah, then, uh, the coaster though, Olympia looping was like, it was a really good ride. I, wasn't expecting it to be better than Mindbender at uh, Galaxyland, but it was still pretty good. The first loop is super forceful, so if you sit in the back car, you definitely feel that um, that classic like Schwarzkopf positive G's at the bottom of the loops. So that was pretty cool, um, and the ride is just incredibly smooth. Um, it uses the over-the-shoulder um, like shoulder pad things and your head doesn't bang once. Um, and that looks really cool at night. It's full of LEDs and lots of chaser lights and all that stuff. So if you ever see videos of it, it definitely looks, I mean, it looks, it looked just like that. So it was a really cool experience. That's awesome that it's running so smooth. So would you say it was the best ride all in all, or was there another one? Cause being a super gay event, I don't really know. <laughs> well, the best ride happened outside of the fair um, at a later date or at a later time. But I would say the the my favorite flat ride though was probably the uh, the sketchy drop tower that was it's like 250 feet tall. So it was a it was like the roto drop like the Intamin uh, ring drop. So it has this gondola, which is circle and it spins on the way up. But because it's a portable tower, the whole thing is swaying. Like you feel it swaying as you're going up Um, and you can't see the top. So it's like those ARM towers where you are slowly rising and you hit the, like um, there's some like cylinders that then launch you down. So you kind of have that faster than free fall sensation. But it would seat all the way around? Yeah, it rotates. 
all the way around. Holy moly, that sounds awesome, dude. So that that was that was pretty cool to see. Um, also, like all the um, all the rides there are ran pretty manually. So the uh, the top riding a top spin that's manually controlled is pretty cool. So there was one ride one of the mornings I rode it and we got like 23 flips in a row. Fuck. And it was the, and it was front flips too. So, um, which felt a little more disorienting than doing a backflip. So yeah, that was, that was cool to experience. Cause like all the top spins in the U S suck and you get at most three or four flips. Actually, that's not true. I think the, the one at Great Adventure used to do six flips in a row, I think. And what did Kim Chaos do? Was that four? Or was or did that hit? It was three, maybe four? Yeah, I don't really remember. But um yeah, it was it was nuts. And they had the the water fountains that spray in your face and it's the water is like inches away from your face. It's kind of Almost like you could, it'd be like, uh, like kind of a form of what, uh, like waterboarding or something because it's like so close. And, uh, yeah, fly rides in Germany are, are, are there no joke They're It's totally different and it's fun to ride all these classic flat rides that you normally have ridden in the U S but riding them at full speed is, is a pretty cool experience. Man, that sounds awesome. Although I think so much beer and like flat rides for me would be a bad time. See, like you think that and then you get there and everyone else is fucked up too. Um, I don't know, like, because I, it's weird. I was thinking the same thing, but when you're around that kind of high, like you're around this like high energy invite and in high energy environment, high energy environment and, uh, you know, everyone's doing the same thing. Everyone's super positive and shit. So it's, yeah, I, I didn't get sick at all. And I rode some pretty crazy rides when I was drunk. Well, that's the shit, dude. It sounds like you had a great time. You do anything else in Germany while you were there? No, that was it. So I had a 24-hour travel day, was there for like three nights, and then did the same thing back. Fuck. So... I do not recommend. God damn, dude. Yeah, I'm I'm probably going to go back there. I'd love to go back. Okay. Um, hey, I need to check on my food. Maybe this will be funny. I'm going to record this phone conversation. Hi, uh, I had an order through Grubhub for Ben. And I never got a confirmation. I was wondering if it's ready. Okay. All right. Thank you. Wonderful. So I get cold Indian food that's been done for probably 30 minutes. Fucking A. Okay. I'm going to run and I'm going to run and get, I'm going to run and get this food. So I'm going to pause. I'm here with Frank Giblet, president of the newly formed coaster enthusiast club, Supreme United Coaster Kings or suck. You goddamn right. And let me tell you something quick. We ain't no bitch-ass club talking about ERT and buffets. We're a ruthless motherfucking coaster gang. Well, that's got to be a first. How does that work exactly? We got a motherfucking network of suckers all around the nation. We go to parks and we sell bootleg souvenirs. Bootleg souvenirs? That's right. Don't want to pay 30 bucks for a Fury 325 shirt? Well, for only 10 bucks, you can get a Fury 32.5 shirt. Interesting. How did you come up with the idea? Well, my boys and I went to a Taylor Swift... I mean, Kanye West concert. And we seen this dude standing out front selling bootleg shirts. So I said to my boy Fat Greg, Hey, Fat Greg, how much it costs to print t-shirts on the internet? Fat Greg told me it's mad cheap. So we printed some Millennium Forte shirts, and they sold out. Then we printed some Phoenix shirts with an F, and they sold out. So we printed some Hagrid's Magical Creatures Motorbike Adventure Sturgis shirts, and they ain't selling so well. That doesn't exactly seem like a legal business. I mean, do the parks get a cut? 
Do you pay taxes? Shit, does Rob Alvey pay taxes? Well, aren't you worried about getting caught and banned from the parks? Shit, my boy Hamhock just got banned from Michigan's Adventure last week. What shirts was he selling? Well, we all remember the last coaster Michigan's Adventure got. Firehawk. So we printed some Firecock shirts with a rooster on it. Hmm. Well, I hope the business goes well. For sure. Suck for life! So I didn't do anything as exciting as go to fucking Germany, Ben. But, uh, I did get to go to Six Flags Great America here for the first ever, um, Halloween Coaster Force live meetup here in the States. Um, met up with Marcus from Coaster Force and the Drunk Riders podcast. And, uh, the Larson Loopers family as James and Blake and a couple other people that made it out. And it was great to see everybody and uh, make some new friends, get on some rides, got on Max Force, got on Goliath and uh, got on all the B&Ms, both Woody's. So, you know, pretty good day. It was rainy, but lots of rides. So all in all, good time. How was, uh, how was everything running standard? Yeah, exactly what you'd expect, you know. We grew up with that as our home park really, so uh exactly as expected. How's um is Viper getting any rougher cuz I keep hearing that on Civ Game World, but I don't have anything to compare it to. Like a little bit, it's getting slightly rougher just in one spot. Because I rode in the normal ejector row, and there was one spot where it kind of jackhammered, but the rest of it was running exactly as it normally would. Yeah. Jesus Christ, my cat won't shut the fuck up. I'm going to give her some catnip. Wouldn't that just make her go like freak out even more? No, no. She, she like chills out. It works exactly like weed for her almost. And actually, this kind is called Meowawana. <laughs> okay, I just gave her a big pinch. And most importantly, she has stopped meowing. So, um, having a cat. Yeah, so, Six Flags. Everything was running as expected. You know, good times. Rainy. We got rained out for about 45 minutes where there was lightning and stuff. That's it, though. What, uh... <clears throat> oh, have you... You've ridden the, uh... That new, uh, what is it, Mardi Gras hangover ride? No, I have not. Um, you haven't ridden it yet? No, I haven't seen a reason to. I don't really usually enjoy those kinds of rides. So, oh, okay. It ain't my jam, so, you know. I mean, it looks, does it actually look big, bigger, though, than the normal ones? No, because everything near it is so big. Like, it's, you know... Next to the Joker, which is bigger, you know, the SNS free spin. Yeah. And like Superman's not too far behind it. So, like, it doesn't look big given its surroundings. Okay. But yeah, no, I haven't given it a ride yet because usually I just want to ride coasters. What kind of turnout was the event? Like, how many people did you get? Uh, it was like six or seven. Okay. Yeah, it'd be cool to get back into meetups. It's been a minute. Um, I suppose there's that uh, that like timeline of when you you get older and those things kind of sound lame, and then you reach another point where they start to sound fun again. I think I'm getting there myself. I mean, same. I had a great time going, uh, being out there at the park all day, even in the rain. Just getting on some rides, making new friends, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so if if you're thinking about it, you know, I'd say go for it. So I'm going to move on to our listener questions. Now, we didn't get any emails this week, but that doesn't mean we don't have questions. So here's the question. Ben, what are your best drunken park stories? So this is kind of my entire experience at Cedar point. But, uh, I would say the most memorable was my first summer, uh, two coworkers and I, we went to a pizza buffet, which was only, so with an employee discount, I think it was like four ninety nine, 
So when you're living on $7 an hour um, is a really good option for food. So like we went there for lunch, came back to the park and our friend was living in the Cedars apartments, which were right next to basically like next to millennium force. Um, or I guess they were by that, uh, they were by the Raptor entrance. And so we were full of pizza. So, you know, tons of bread and stuff. And then we decide to, we cleared a bottle of whiskey and then shared a six pack. So we were all pretty young. So that, you know, that fucked us up pretty, pretty hard. And so we went in the park, we, we rode chaos because that was still there. We rode wicked twister Raptor, blue streak, you know, just having a blast. And then like it got a little weird. So then like an hour later we went to corkscrew and what we were thinking is it was like a time release drunk because all the bread in your stomach absorbs the alcohol. And then we rode shot, we rode a corkscrew and it was almost like the roughness of the ride shook up all the excess liquor. And so we rode, we ride that and we got fucked up. Like we all got blackout drunk after we rode corkscrew. Um, so then we did Magnum, which was usually like our favorite ride road Magnum. My buddy was like standing up on it, sticking his leg out the side of the car, which obviously is, you know, do not condone that kind of activity. Uh, but this is in the past. And then, uh, we went to the go-karts and we all worked in challenge park. So we knew everybody working there. And we just had to ride go-karts, you know, drunk. And the uh, the operator is our friend, and he actually stopped us and was like, yeah, you guys are going to get kicked out. So I guess our manager was in the area at the time, and we were acting like complete idiots. And so that's when we knew we were acting a little stupid. And then like, the funny thing is uh, our buddy, uh, you know, from The Gap that we know, he uh, – he doesn't remember anything after corkscrew. Like he legit blacked out. Whereas for me, it was a little more fuzzy, but, uh, that was like, I mean, that was a typical, but I mean, that was kind of a typical Cedar point experience. We would, uh, like we had, we put liquor in soda bottles and then put them in our backpacks. And then that way we could like pregame before we clocked out, um, still in uniform and everything. And then, uh, yeah, it's a good time. Good Lord, dude. Like, um, you cool with telling that story on air? You want me to cut the park name or anything? No, no, it's fine. It's been, it's been 10 years. Like what is Cedar, is Cedar fair going to come back at me and be like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's not like we were operating anything when we were drunk, which it's not like it didn't happen, (laughs) but (laughs) Although there, there were, there were, although honestly, like this is, this is true. And this, you can leave this in there. Um, it was always kind of a joke with like, because there was a, there's a bar called Louie's and it's nearby the employee housing. And so it's kind of like a Cedar point employee joke that when you're still, when you come into work still drunk, you do the test rides as like, or, uh, the test rides as a way to sober up. And there was the uh, the breakfast special that in the cafeteria. So you got yourself a breakfast special from the cafeteria, which was just an egg and bacon sandwich, and then uh, did a few test rides. That would uh, that get your day going. <laughs> wow, man! Well, I don't know if I have any to top that, but two came to mind for me. Of course, the first one is also from Cedar Point, but I was only there as a guest. I went with the. My dad, because I'll throw him under the bus on this podcast. Hey, dad, I know he's not listening. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and he wouldn't care if he was. We, uh, you know, my dad and I, we were in the parking lot for quite a while drinking because we were there for Halloween weekends. And like, we go in and get on a couple rides and it rains. And so then later on, it's hot. It's like 80 degrees out. And I don't drink like any water, but I drink like with my dad in the car, you know? And so we ride rides. I don't drink any water. 
get back to the car and like the car won't start because we killed the battery just sitting there drinking listening to music so uh i get all sick while we're waiting to get our car jumped and uh I end up puking all over the Soak City lot. <laughs> nice. You're not the first. Oh, no, of course I'm not. <laughs> you just play that shit off like it was the rides. Like, yeah, that last one really messed me up, huh? I'm just pregnant. <laughs> um, The other one that came to mind was, uh, like, what was it? Opening day, like, 09, when you and I had, like, cheap vodka. I Yeah, and I still will never forget that because... So this must have been 2010. Well, anyway, as you were saying, you'll never forget that shit. <laughs> well, because I gave you $20 to buy a small bottle of Smirnoff, and then you came out with a half gallon of generic Jewel vodka. That was absolutely disgusting. And I was like, why would you buy that? And he's like, yeah, but we get more of it. Except we couldn't drink more than half of it. Ugh. Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, that was stupid as fuck. Look, 21-year-old me, not really a smart person. You were there for that. I guess like I, when I was younger, I just I I had I already had too many bad cheap alcohol experiences that even before I turned 21, I was already kind of like bougie about that shit. <laughs> well, I never did. I turned 21, I went wild and I got cheap ass store and vodka for us to get turned up to at six flags and just get all sick in the parking lot and just like uh but you know it's the way it goes so i do want to say if you do have any questions for us to answer you can send them on over to your favorite coaster sucks at gmail.com and shit while you're there on your email give us a follow on twitter at Coaster Your or look up your favorite coaster sucks. Instagram at your favorite coaster sucks. And we got a page on Facebook. Give us a follow over there. What's up? Okay. So on to our main topic. Tonight it's theming versus thrills. Now I've been thinking about it and I've thought of a couple rides where there's a there's a little bit of thrill factor but some most of the thrill comes from the phenomenal theming like expedition everest comes to mind and what i'm thinking is that typically it's usually one or the other when it comes to roller coasters what do you think yeah i think other than the resort parks which do theming really well where that that is the thrill um i would kind of agree that's either one or the other just because i mean when when was the last time a Six Flags or Cedar Fair ride was actually themed? Well, I'm thinking of like uh, the Dark Knight. Yeah. The couple of them that came out and it was like good theming, but it's a wild mouse. Right. I mean, even the, I mean, half the shit didn't even work, even on uh, when it opened. What is that? I mean, have you been on that ride recently? I'm sure it's even worse now. No, I haven't. Uh, we went to go ride it at the meetup but like since it was raining and everything it had like a 45 minute wait and we were all like nope yeah that's too long we'll wait for that i keep i still forget that ride is there but like what i mean like so i rode i remember i rode flight of fear at king's island in 99 and that actually was okay the paramount parks were kind of actually i would say the paramount parks when they were open doing their thing where they were probably in the middle. Um, Cause even like volcano was pretty decent of a theme when it was going, you know what you're, you're actually spot on. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, I'm remembering specifically um, at King's Island tomb Raider when it first came out. Right. Cause I wrote that in 2005 and man, it didn't do like the most thrilling program for a top spin mm-hmm. but like actually that might serve to the point though is like it didn't do a crazy program it used the theming and the elements of the show building really well right right to enhance the thrill but that's the thing is like you talk, we're talking about flight of fear and i mean the theming on that is really good but like the ride itself has no like theming elements you know what i mean yeah whereas like something like tomb raider is like 
definitely interacting with some theming and elements of theming and stuff. Right, right. I still think it's funny, like, Face Off was such a weird theme. Well, that was just, like, probably such a easy way to tie in, like, a movie promotion with their parks, you know? Yeah. But there was no theming. It's like, I don't know, yeah, like... Dark Knight, where like IP theming is, it's like the theming is good, but there's no thrill on the ride, and the theming does enhance the thrill of the ride a little bit, but it's a wild mouse, so there's really not a whole lot of thrill to begin with, you know. I still say Disaster Transport had the best theming of any roller coaster. Disaster Transport. <laughs> i mean don't get me wrong that was a fun ride it was like a it was like a psychedelic 70s roller disco um shit i don't even know the weird thing is i remember the theme so i rode the first time i rode disaster transport was in 2000 and when it was its normal theme because I remember the ride having multiple queue line rooms, which then they turned into the for the they turned it into the haunted house area. Um, what was that? Happy Jack's Toy Factory. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then when I don't know when that was, it was probably like mid two thousands, early two thousands that they switched over to do that uh that like black light theming. And that was always kind of weird. Oh, yeah. Then it went to the, it was like more roller disco. Or like a, like a, like a grade school um, bowling, glow bowling birthday party. <laughs> cosmic bowling. <laughs> yeah, cosmic bowling. That was the theme. <laughs> they just consulted with a local bowling alley. But like, even if it had the best theming, like, it wasn't a thrilling ride or coaster you know what i mean yeah because i'm thinking about like space mountain great theming but the only reason it really has any thrills at all is because of the fact that you can't see yeah that's true so like it's really just like turn 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 you know what i mean you know what would have been really cool is if they would have kept uh, if flashback were still around, they should have put flashback inside of a building or enclosed it. What the one that was at Magic Mountain? Yeah, and they could have done something pretty cool with that. I don't know, dude. I heard that thing was a piece of shit. I've heard mi- I've heard mixed things. I've heard that it sucked, but then I've heard also heard a lot of people say it was actually really good. It looked really cool. I never had a chance to ride it. It was down the first time I went to magic mountain and then it was completely gone that time that you and i went there and that was the last time i've been there they claim i remember the park used to claim that they couldn't operate it because lifeguards would complain about the noise seems reasonable because it wasn't a b&m it was like a geo vanola or maybe an intamin so like maybe they didn't fill the track with sand back then true Although a lot of B&M's, um, not all B&M's have the sand, but the Gia Vanilla track, yeah, there's like something different about it that always had more of a roar because it probably used a similar design to, uh, the, like what there's like the stand-up coaster that, um, what was that, Cobra at La Ronde? Oh, yeah, those like those trains are horrible. That was what I was just thinking was like, those trains must have been horrible on there. Like maybe if it could have run regular B&M sit down trains, it could have been all right. But like what kind of park would have put that money into that ride, you know? Yeah, totally. So like, what do you think the best themed and most thrilling roller coaster you've been on is? Because, I mean, on the opposite side of the spectrum, there is, like, the super thrilling rides, but they have no theme. Like, immediately, I'm thinking of Millennium Force. Yeah, true. Like, super exciting, super thrilling, but, what, there's, like, a DJ in the queue line? And it's got those uh, red neon lights in the station. 
Yeah, and it's got that like 2000 futuristic techno look to it, but that's about it. It's probably like a uh, like a 5 kilobit per second MIDI file. You remember that station music? Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean like that station music was like almost a MIDI file. <laughs> Yeah, because it transitions from something to something else, and it's really weird. It's cool though. It's it's classic. I uh, that's gonna be like a really fun song to play like fifty years from now when that ride's gone. Yeah, well, I could I could see that one standing for a bit. Okay, fifty years from now, you think it's gonna survive seventy years? It could. I mean, if Cedar Fair makes keeps it up. For fuck's sake, you think I'm gonna make it to be ninety? Jesus Christ. Oh, you think you're going to make it to be 90, but I won't be there. <laughs> Theming, though. I, I can't think of, like, the best-themed shit. I mean, how about... Okay, outside of Universal, outside of Disney, um, because I don't think those ones... It's hard to, you know, it's hard to include those. Well, that's where I think it would probably lie, because I'm thinking of, like, Expedition Everest, and I'm thinking of, like, The Mummy, both of them. Furious Baco at... Port Aventura um, is themed to like, like a winery or something. It's like a, yeah, it's like a, it's like a drunk wine theme coaster. It looks really good. Is it pretty thrilling? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was fun because um, it has a super intense launch, and it's very low to the ground. Everyone complains about it, but like, I think coaster people are starting to get really soft because. I mean, people complain about, like, Magnum being rough. And it's like, if you think that's rough, I mean, I think you're just kind of weak. Yeah, rough is like, it actually hurts you physically. Right, right. Like, aside from that, it's a fucking roller coaster. Well, I also, it also seems like um, the more out of shape people are, the more they complain about roughness. (laughs) No, I'm I'm serious, and that that could go for you know the obesity side or being like you know frail skin and bones. It's like yeah, if you have no if you have no like strength or endurance to brace yourself on a roller coaster, you know it's not really the ride's fault. <laughs> I'm just picturing like ace titties flopping around. <laughs> And you know I mean man titties. Yeah, like some double Ds. Bouncing around on like, uh, I don't know. What's a what's a super rough wooden coaster offhand? Boss, Six Flags, St. Louis. Ugh. It was so rough. A guy with man boobs got like breast cancer. <laughs> or like the boobs stretched so much that it gave like additional stretch marks. <laughs> I mean, like, shit, I used to have probably, I used to probably have, like, a good C cup um, when I was, like, 19, 18. Shit. Did the roughness on rides bother you then? Oh, yeah. Rides are so much more painful when I was, when I was fat. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the ride, I mean, like, a lot of roller coasters aren't really designed for fat people. And so it's like, you know, you're kind of, like, squeezing yourself into something you're not, you're not meant to be really sitting in. Um, And so... That's, you know, like, that's the thing about G-Force. So think of it this way. Like, let's say I was 100 pounds heavier than I am today. When you're going through the roller coaster and you're experiencing G-Forces, I mean, like, let's say you're going through a, a portion that pulls four Gs. Instead of 200 times four, that's 300 times four. Same with, like, negative Gs. If you're experiencing negative one G... It's not, you know, 200, it's 300 pounds. So, and you have the same pressure points, regardless of how heavy you are. So, that, you know, it determines how, kind of determines how painful the ride is. Ooh, and coupled with the roughness. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds pretty shitty. Or, you know, like, let's say, um, let's say like an aero mine train with those tiny little lap bars and you weigh 350 pounds, and you slam into a brake run. I mean, that's 350 pounds of weight. 
slamming into that tiny little lap bar. Oof. Yeah. Riding roller coasters when you're fat was not fun. Shit, I rode a Pinfari looper when I was at my max, and that was awful. I maxed out at about 260, and I rode Voyage at that. You were 260? That was like the year it opened. Oh. Uh, yeah, that sounds right. I think so. Like 250, 260. Fat little fucking acer. <laughs> Theming, though, yeah, I can't, I can't think of a thrill ride that's themed. Yeah, I'm like having a hard time coming up with anything. Like, Batman's got some theming. Yeah, I would, I would say, yeah, I'll just go with Batman, especially original at Great America. Yeah, I'm thinking even a little bit on like Mister Freeze at St. Louis. Oh yeah, haven't been on the one at Texas yet. Next week, yeah. I think Mister Freeze at st louis is a little bit better themed from what i remember but uh that was old that was what warner brothers yeah that that was warner brothers six flags when they built that well speaking of theming too i mean remember the old idea or the old original plan for raging bull the that figure eight before the final breaks that was supposed to go through like an old Western ghost town. Oh yeah, that's right. That like animation or that drawing. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like a gravel, a gravel lot. Dude. Yeah. I mean, raging bull definitely could have had more themed elements and I think it might've been slightly better. It's not like it's a bad ride. It's better than like Goliath at magic mountain. Yeah. But compared to other B&M Hypers, other than the first drop, most of the other ones I've ridden are better. Yeah, yeah. You know what's funny to think about? I think back to uh, 2007 when they repainted Raging Bull. Remember that? Or no, 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 it wasn't 07. It was maybe 2008. But you do remember when it happened, right? It was kind of when we were kind of in the peak of the of the hobby wasn't that when they put the new sign on it yeah i think that was the same year maybe it was 09 maybe it was 10 years after it opened but it, it's funny to think that that opening day and like let's say it wasn't 09 which sounds about right um that was you know raging bull's 10th anniversary and now it's in, and now it's in 20 20 years old dude doesn't that make you feel old because i remember when that ride opened yeah yeah i mean it was when the ride opened, like, you know, I was an age to when it was pretty memorable. Like, I remember, I probably, you know what I mean? Like, I can recall the whole day I was there when I rode it. Um, I just think it's funny for age comparison. So, uh, like, Demon, or I guess Turn of the Century, was built in 76. Am I getting my dates wrong? No, you're right. Turn of the Century was 76. Demon was 80. And so... Just that comparison of like, okay, so when Raging Bull opened, Demon was like basically 20 years old, and now Raging Bull is 20 years old. Yeah, man. But uh, Raging Bull sure has aged better than Demon. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. But yeah, it's like, I don't know. Although that first drop, still kicking ass. In the back row, that pull down. So speaking of first drops, uh, Golden Horse released a promo video of their vertical drop coaster. And it has four cars. And the funny thing is, is that it does, it attempts to do that holding break on the first drop. But it's really funny watching the train because you can definitely tell that that last row probably pulls way too many negative G's. But because it's in China, no one gives a fuck. <laughs> yeah. Watch as Rob Alvey films the first POV. Oh god, he probably can't even fit on those seats. Because because I think um, I think it's Golden Horse that actually they scaled down the size of their seats to accommodate Asian riders. Um, because the, the average you know because the average height in China in Asian countries is shorter than in the in the U.S. or you know in Europe. So they actually scale down a lot of the um, seat dimensions and restraints and stuff like that. Okay, well, yeah, then his fat ass probably isn't getting on there. But um, he'll just send somebody else with a camera. 
Yeah. Oh, but that's the thing. You're bringing up um, international coasters. Like, I haven't been to, like, Fantasialand or even, like, Europa Park, but I think maybe some of the coasters there might have that, like, combination of theming and thrills. Yeah, yeah. Between um, Europa Park and Fantasialand, I I bet those two, you know, those two probably kill it. And that's what I've heard, so... I mean, I forget the name of Fantasia Land. I'm looking it up now. Um, Terran. It's like that Intamin. Oh, the Mac multi-launch? No, it's an Intamin uh, Blitz coaster. Is it Intamin? Yeah. I'm on RCB, RCDB right now. Oh, I thought it was... For some reason, I thought that was Mac doing all that. Yeah, it's got an LSM launch and a boost. Nice. It's got four cars per train, but it's got all this like custom scenery and rock work around it. It looks great. I actually feel a little bit better about that knowing it's Innsman and not a Mac. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean, though. <laughs> right, because Intamin, you know, Intamin coasters can at least, you know, have some forces. Not that Mac doesn't. I think Mac's kind of in the middle. Well, I, I mean... I like from their newer coasters that aren't like family ones. I've only been on Time Traveler, but that kicks some ass. Oh wow! Did you? So have you seen a POV of of uh, Terran? No. Um. Are you? Should I look one right now? Yeah, it's pretty cool. All right, I'm looking up the POV. Ah, oh, goddamn you, Alvy! Just get to the fucking POV. Here it is. You're giving Rob some. Uh... Some some credit. I was just going for the first one that came up since we're recording and everything. Interesting. So it stops before the launch. Oh, that's awesome though. It launches like right towards track going the opposite direction. Oh man. Yeah, this ride looks like it might be the winner for the mix of themes and thrills. You know? Shit, uh, you know what? Watching this POV is making me think a little bit of um, the Big Bad Wolf that used to be at Bush Gardens Williamsburg. Oh, yeah, that first half had some good theming. Have you been on Verbolton? No, I haven't. I feel like that ride might be up there, but I haven't been on it. But yeah, I think maybe something like that, like Terran or Verbolton or something of that sort, might be where the ultimate... Um, meeting point of themes and thrills are, you know? Yeah, yeah. All right, so we're going to pay tribute to a dead ride. It's time to pay tribute to a dead ride. Uh, We're going to pay tribute to the Big Dipper at Geauga Lake. It was the old classic ride. I had a good time and I rode it. Did you get on this one, Ben? Uh, No, I did not. Did you ever make it to Geauga Lake before they closed? Oh, wait. What am I talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been on it. I've been on it. For some reason, I was thinking of uh, I was thinking of that double loop coaster, not the Big Dipper. Yeah, yeah. You know, the old, old wooden one. Yeah. I had a fun time on it. I rode it a couple laps when I was there in uh, 06 for wooden coasters. It was probably the best one there at Geauga Lake in my memory because... Raging Wolf Bob sucked and the villain was terrible and neither of those had being old on their side. Any uh, thoughts, memories, words for the old ride? So I think the funnier thing about the Big Dipper was when that woman was trying to save it and she had the she bought the ride herself and then was hoping that people would give her donations to pay her back. So then she had like basically a crowdfunding site and I think she got maybe like $300. <laughs> and there's all these apes like, Oh no, we got to preserve it. We got to preserve it. And it's like, man, just like, let it fucking die. Yeah. Like, did you get to ride it? Okay. Well, well, apparently if you're willing to front the money, but, like, don't expect to get it back. Right, right. Or maybe she, you know what? maybe she didn't buy it. I think she... Oh, you know what? I think she bought, like, the storage unit or something. Or, like, 
she was able to pay for I think the deal was like she could buy it as long as she could get had a place to store it so she bought the storage area in anticipation of getting the ride but then she didn't get enough money it was it was a while I mean shit that was probably like 2010 yeah I remember that like vaguely I don't remember the details but yeah I remember that I wonder if that site's still around. Yeah, seriously. Uh, I'm not going to look it up, but if anyone listening to this knows any details about what we're talking about, drop us an email at yourfavoritecoastersucks at gmail.com. Uh, we want more info. Maybe we'll use it as a main topic because actually that might be an interesting enough one. We should get. The, we should interview that woman who is going to save it. <laughs> she won't want to appear on our fucking show, dude. <laughs> All right. Um, lastly, before we leave on up out of here, I want to tell everyone here to subscribe on whatever platform you are listening to this on. Right now, we are available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and SoundCloud. And while you're there subscribing... Go ahead, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Tell us, know your favorite coaster sucks. We want to hear it. Cool. Uh, follow us on Twitter at CoasterYour, um, or type in your favorite coaster sucks. You'll find us. That's just how Twitter shortened our name for the ad handle. Thanks, Twitter. Uh, find us on Instagram at your favorite coaster sucks. Um, we have a page on Facebook. It's called Your Favorite Coaster Sucks, but it's spelled in the fun way. Your, you are, and sucks, S-U-X. So find us there. And of course, you can email us any questions or feedback over at yourfavoritecoastersucks at gmail.com. So that's all for this week. We will be back next week when we tell you again how your favorite... Coaster. 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 Coaster.